I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome along to the Wise Men's Day podcast where we have a 4-1 victory to talk about. That's Sunderland defeating the mighty Rochdale in the third division of English football. What a time to be alive indeed. What a time to be back on the podcast as well. It's been a while since I've been here. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. Is it, and is it that I long? Am, it feels like it. One week. I think you missed one. Yeah, but when you do two, when we do two a week as a team... Do you know what I mean? So I think it's been a good three since I've done it. You've got to rotate your squad, haven't you? you got to oh, yeah, utilise yeah. utilise the options at your disposal. Mm-hmm. And you spend years building the team up. And this is the uh, end result, isn't it? That's what you hope for. Keeps it fresh. Keeps Keep, it fresh. Keeps the listeners on the toes. Yeah, something like that. Specifically if you're out jogging. Would you ever go jo- Would you ever listen to a podcast go, go and jogging? Maybe I'm asking the wrong I'll people here. Jogging. Maybe I'm asking the I'll wrong listen people to, I'll listen to a podcast. Gareth Park and Michael Loft join me tonight. Join me. It's a bit offensive towards Mickey. How annoyed he doesn't go. He might. Jogging. We plays football, but you're not going to listen to your podcast playing football. Do you go running, Mick? Um, as my physique probably indicates, no, I don't go jogging. Um, okay, well, just as long as you weren't offended by that, because Gareth was starting to make me feel a bit guilty about making assumptions and stuff like that. It's just, it was just a banter, Gareth. What about going dogging? Would you listen to a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. I'll give Stan Collymore a ring. You could, uh, you could probably put it on the. Like Bluetooth at the, the car radio. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've just always found it interesting because a lot of people do comment and say, I listened to the, the podcast when I went for a run. Um, and I, I do run, not as much as I, I used to, but I wouldn't, you know, I would listen to it going for a walk, but it would be a bit dry for me running. I think I'd, I'd probably try to not to die. That would be main, my main <laughs> priority while jogging. It's a priority in most things. It is, in but life, in, particularly in situations you've got to regulate more carefully and definitely exercise is one of them for me. Right. Okay, we should probably talk about the football yeah. because people might have switched off. Sometimes they, they don't like it when we do this. What natural human natural thing. human interaction. Yeah, yeah, no. As if we were at a pub or sitting around the <clears> table in Gareth's house discussing a football match. Covered with a, the famous... Green fleece, blue fleece, depending on which of them. It is famous. It, it is, is famous. famous. Has it reached that level yet? I don't know. People were talking about the it when we first, when they first saw it, but you know, it's Good probably point. the most famous fleece in Sunderland. <laughs> We've got quite a few things to talk about tonight. Sunderland winning 4-1. I think quite a few individual performances are definitely going to be worth mm. mentioning. The news has come through about Didier and Dong as well. He's been served notice by the football club. 
which is interesting and a talking point. And should we plug a couple of things? Should we do that now before the end, just yes. to mix it up? Because we normally wait till the we're end. At the end, drop um, it. Talking about keeping people on the toes, we'll, we'll we'll go straight in now. Do you want me to do? Go do you? Yeah, yeah, you do this bit. This is how it works. Right, I just okay. look at you and you do <laughs> right, it. Right, okay. Jack Ross at the Peacock. He's doing a second night noise. <laughs> We've been told that we can get another twenty people in. So we're going to put tickets, 20 tickets on sale on Thursday morning at 9 o'clock. So if you missed out the first time, um, don't miss out this time. Get yourself ready. You'll crash. We got tickets. Q&A as well. Q&A. That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be letting you put your questions down. And we're going to... Obviously, don't forget after We're going to warm them up and yeah. start, but then you... I was asked at the, at the Peacock on Saturday by somebody, will we be allowed to um, ask our own questions? Or is it going to be somebody there from the club um, regulating things? You will be able to ask your own questions. You will. Are we going to vet them or not? Or are we just going to... I don't know. Are we going to put the trust in our listenership? We'll, we'll work that out. It's probably not a conversation for now, is it? I but remember, know. after I Jack I might just Ross, have a conversation yeah. now just to wind some people up who don't like us speaking like After us. Jack Ross, of course, we've got um, Stephen Elliott and, and Kevin mm. Carr, which would be really good. Stephen's, Stephen's always great. And we've never had Kevin on before, but obviously they're, good, they're friends and, you know, they should be good crack. I'm expecting them to wind each other up when they've had a few drinks. And this scran as well. So for a tenner, you can't really argue, yeah, can you? You cannot, not for 10 quid. Right. Should we talk about soccer? Dennis S- Smith part two, though, by the way. Yeah, Dennis Smith part two. Well done, Stephen, on your editing work there. So there are now three Dennis Smith parts you can listen to. Yeah, the, the preview yeah. one with ourselves and Andy Dawson, which we just had a bit of a crack and a <clears> bit of a chat about that era and how we remember that era. Um, myself and Gareth particularly young we were all kind of kids at the time weren't we but kind of kids Andy Dawson was a teenager we definitely he was, were kids he'd been introduced to alcohol and stuff by then yeah. so his story is a little bit more interesting than I was I was the one they had thought of so no, no all right, <laughs> might have been yeah. yeah maybe they were always thinking of you Michael they just I can't see them being that they wanted to, want, want to make things right they want to make sure things is right um, we'll yeah. not, we not go down that yeah. route shall we <laughs> what else is going to, Andy's on next week actually he's just said so Andy Dawson's on a pod next week right. so that'll be good let's talk about the football yes. 4-1 yes we won a game of football it's quite good isn't it not turning it on yet do you think Sunderland winning 4-1 would, would you say they've really they've, they've clicked for like 10 minutes here and there haven't they like really clicked I know they were comfortable second half uh, the weekend but it was that Little spell before half time, similar to the the little spell in the first half of the Gillingham game, where where they just blew the opposition away. But I'm trying to work out what is it a positive or negative. But I'm trying to work out what because I'm guilty of it myself saying, "Oh, we didn't really get out of first gear." What if first gear is just the gear that you need to be in with the players we've got to win games? We've won, you know, four five games, drawn three, lost one in nine. We've lost one game in nine. Um, considering the summer we had and the disruption and getting the new manager in, a lot of new players, the injuries we've had, we've lost one game in nine. So what? I'm not sure what the expectation is in terms of these, these gears we need to go up. Um, well, Keith the, Hill said we played at eighty percent. The Rochdale manager said he thought Sunderland were only at eighty percent. But does it? I guess it does. If if eighty percent is all it takes, and you know, mate, we're gonna we might need more in other games. I mean, Peterborough will be a good barometer. I think that's it. absolutely right. I don't think Sunderland do need to be 100% to win every game. But and who, I, 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 you, you could make an argument for both, though, Michael, that it's a positive or a negative, because some could say, well, we're not really playing that well and we're going to come unstuck like we did against Burton more often. Others would say, we're nine games in and when it clicks, it's really going to click. Yeah, I think the pleasing thing about Saturday was obviously the fact that 
we didn't have to weather a storm like we did against Oxford or Fleetwood, but Rochdale did start with quite high intensity and we we didn't concede an early goal, which was obviously pleasing. And then we grew into the game, I think, even at 0-0. I think we looked like the most likely side who were going to create chances and potentially take the lead. And then once we did, it was just a bit of a procession, like you say, for the next 10 or 15 minutes. And we blew them away to a certain extent. Um, I think there's a bit of a strange game in the way, though, because... There's been a lot of people commenting about how the overall team performance wasn't brilliant, but like we mentioned at the start of the podcast, I think there's a number of individual performances you could pick out as being particularly pleasing, so mm. it's, it's a bit strange in a sense. But what would have been a good performance? That When you've won 4-1... I'm but not saying it wasn't set, a no, good I'm just saying, but yeah. I'm just asking the question. I'm not saying, I'm not saying either mm. you are saying that, but it's a topic of discussion that we keep. I keep on seeing and keep on reading. Red stuff saying we've been poor this season. We've lost one game. We won the game. We've beaten two teams four one. We've beaten someone three. I don't know what the expectation is because did anybody? What, did what, what, what would have been a good performance? Did, beating Rochdale seven or eight yeah, one. Yeah, well, that's but gonna what, happen to somebody. I know, this but season. like, what did, is did, what is a good performance? Did it cross anybody's mind slightly, even remotely, for one second after Sunderland went a goal in front that they were going to get anything apart from three points? Hmm. So but, that in itself speaks volumes, doesn't it? Because when have we had that in the past few seasons? Playing anybody? Well, we haven't lost a home game for this this season. Previous seasons, it would take us October to to win a game at home. You know, we haven't lost at home. What we we beat Wolves last year, last season. You know, we haven't. So we've won three, drawn two at home this season, haven't we? Is that right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think it's difficult though for people to realign their expectations. Had this been more of a gradual fall towards League One, and we'd say got relegated from a Premier League and had two or three seasons of mid-table mediocrity in the Championship before getting relegated to League One, I think there'd be a little bit more. I mean, people are positive now. Don't get me wrong. We're not saying that everybody's sitting here slating the performances, but I think because we've gone from playing the Premier League to League One in two seasons, we're almost still looking at teams and, and games, and we'll have almost Premier League expectations of mm. what we need to do to win games <clears> and the quality that we need to possess. Whereas I think, as I say, it would be a bit more gradual. I think people would have like had time to come to terms with it and realign their own expectations a little bit. And like you say, it is the league. Um, you don't have to necessarily play brilliantly, but our superior quality does shine through. And when we get on top in games, then we're very difficult to stop. And as you saw on Saturday, we've got the three goals in about eight minutes. So, was it? You know, the way it is, there'll be a situation in the game, in the game where one of our players will get far too much time on the ball. One of the key sort of creators, whoever that may be. And we'll punish teams if it's, you know, Maguire, if it's um, Gooch, if it's McGeady, if it's Madger, um, you know, even from deep, you know, if it's if it's from deep, deeper play, if it's from Catamore or Power or someone like that, give them to him. And even the first goal, you know, Baldwin involved in the move as well. So sometimes when I'm watching the way we play, I sometimes think we, we don't. We don't need to force things. We we don't even need to have. We don't have to have a lot of possession in the final third of the pitch. Feels though sometimes we just need to settle it and and keep the ball at the back and move teams around that way and just pass it. Just 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 keep the ball for a little spell, and it'll only take you know eight nine passes in a move before the movement up front comes into play, and that's where we will we'll create the chances by moving teams around and 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 beating teams that way. I think. We don't have to get it forward and play in the final third. We just need to create the spaces. Um, and 
I, th- I just think maybe if we settle it that way, and once we get one, it, it you know it's twice this season where we've taken the lead in a game at home and mm. pulverised the other Certainly teams very quickly. Certainly, think that's going to be the case. Before I move on to the uh, individual performances, because there are a few we need to we need to mention, and we'll maybe build up to the two or, or the one who most people seem to agree was man of the match. I want to just have a quick word on the keeper. Um, I thought it was interesting when I listened to the show last week, one of them where Craig was on, and uh, I disagreed with Craig when he said something about maybe the the keeping situation wasn't as bad as we thought last season because of you, know, you put context in it this season. can't remember exactly what it was said, but McLaughlin made another couple of good saves here. He made three good saves. So this didn't happen at all last season. So there's a danger that a 4-1, what looks like a 4-1 game this season would have been 3-3 last season or even a 3-2 loss. Mm. I don't think you can underestimate it though. Just because we're winning the games comfortably. I mean, he, you know, he's making two or three good saves a game. That should be standard. You should expect your goalkeeper to make a couple of good saves a game, shouldn't you? I mean, mate, it was two and two and one move, wasn't it, for them? And the free kick, I thought the save from the free kick was a really good save. And then the the header, the tip over the bar from the header was excellent. Outstanding save, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that was his best performance of the season. That's what I've got, Craig, to be honest. <laughs> this is all I was thinking of there. When I, yeah, that yeah. I can't even remember what he said, so I didn't articulate, this, yeah. articulate myself very well at all. You went there. full sleeves. Oh, uh, full sleeves at the Peacock. <laughs> what? Oh, having a go at Craig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having a go at Craig's opinions on Lee Catmull, <laughs> which he didn't make. Which is I, funny, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's, <laughs> some there's some irony in that as well. How much Craig loves Lee Catmull, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Right, let's work through some of these players then. Josh Madger, seven goals this season. You almost still think of Madger as not a prolific goal scorer or somebody who likes to drop and show his skill a little bit more. But the truth is, he's got seven goals. You give him a yard in the box and the ball's in the back of the net, I think it? people's opinions on Madger are almost a bit reflective on people's opinions of the team because just because he's not the finished article yet, there's some people who, I think on Saturday before we scored the goal, there were a lot of people behind me who were... Shouting at them, oh, come on, Maggie, you should be winning that in the air. Come on, you should be doing this. You should be putting them under more pressure. You're like, you're weak, blah, blah, blah. And then he scores a goal, and, and it's all forgotten about because obviously that's, it, that's his game. Um, and I just think that just because he's, he's going to have technical deficiencies, he's 19 year old, he hasn't played a huge amount of senior football. And I think considering all of the the punishment he does take in terms of like four um, defenders going through the back of him and challenging him in the air. He doesn't get a lot of protections off referees either because of the level. I think he does really well, to be honest. He just lets his natural game shine through and he's obviously developed this wonderful technique where he gets a ball in the box and he manages to find a yard and, and get the shot off and get the goal. And As I say, I just think that he's been absolutely excellent this season. I just can't think, don't think he can praise him highly enough. I think that his second goal was the best goal he scored this season. Yeah. It's just like from a striker's finish. Um, credit to Hume as well, by who was excellent. Um, I was talking to the peak up before the game, player, surprising, he? but he looks mm. very good. He's and he was in the team on merit, apparently. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think Oviedo could have done influenced the game more positively than Hume did. So, fair play to him. I thought their goal was excellent. I thought the touch, the touch out of his body to get the sh- position to get the shot away, wrong foot as well, and his left um, was excellent. And I was watching that thinking about. Um, Jermaine Defoe and the influence that Defoe's clearly had um, when he was at the club on Asoro and Madger. He's obviously done a lot of work with them. Um, and I think that the, the way he's finishing this season, the, the touch and finishing the box, like Stephen was saying, I, I think that's a bit of a legacy of that. Um, and it's interesting, Defoe seems very interested in Madger's progress. He made a comment in the week about him winning the 
young player of the of the month. Um, but you can definitely see that influence, I think, in, in, in the way he's finishing some of his opportunities. I was really pleased with um, his first goal as well because one thing I have been slightly critical with Madjura, obviously he's a, he's a natural-born finisher in terms of getting the ball out of his feet and getting the shot in, but sometimes I feel he's snatched at chances when he's been presented with a glaring opportunity. So Charlton, I think, in the, no, that was Sinclair against Charlton, actually, but he's had a scum fork, that was it, where he, he blazed it like massively wide when he should have really yeah. scored. And he's had a couple of instances like that, so it was really pleasing when he had a relatively free header on Saturday if he picked his spot and found the corner really well because that's been the one maybe flaw I've had with him that sometimes that when he's... When he doesn't have when he doesn't have time to think about it, kind of more instinctive stuff, which other strikers would finish, he hasn't done. So I was really pleased with that first goal he scored as yeah. well. You don't want to get carried away, but I'd be disappointed if he didn't get forty goals this season. <laughs> well, he's, um, he's got seven in that again. Yeah, but you've seen people mm. criticise and, and do you people sometimes focus more on what people aren't doing than what they are doing? And you, seven goals in nine games. So, you know, it's pretty good effort, really. Well, it's a very good effort. I mean, for nineteen-year-old lad, for nineteen-year-olds, first full season of, yeah. of, of, of first-team football. Um, I mean, there was a couple of blogs behind me the game morning about saying it's the worst four-nil they've seen at four-nil, <laughs> and I was thinking, well, have you? Where they have must you have been? watched Aston Villa beat Sunderland at Roker Park in the <laughs> in the Coca-Cola Cup. In the mid nineties, when Sunderland just, absolutely yeah. battered Villa and lost four one. But you, you know, you, you think where have you been in the last few <laughs> I just seasons? Didn't get a life there. Like <laughs> what, what must you been like? When we're you know we're four nil down at Aston Villa at half time and things like that. You know, I mean, mm. we've had some some shockers, and I think you know we've just got to enjoy. I hope that doesn't start creeping back in because we we did see. I'm we did, the, we did address I'm, that a little bit as, as a fan base this season and I, I think it was almost, because we, we've said over the last couple of years it was almost like a standoff between crowd and players mm. where you think, no, whose who's job is it to motivate the other? Whose job is it to, to prove to the other that you know they're worthy of being supported? And I think the fresh slate we had this summer changed that a little bit and you saw that from the minute Charlton went a goal up at the Stadium of Life first and the crowd got behind them and obviously the, we've a couple of draws recently at home uh, and then a loss to Burton isn't going to help that but it's a little bit early for that to creep back in I hope, I hope that doesn't I hope that's not on its way back I'm, I was saying to Mickey before I'm a bit more I'm more nervous about games now than I have been for ages and I think it's just because the expectation the gone as well. well it's not it's not even that it's it's just that the expectation now I'd expect us to lose most of our games in the Premier League last season it became apparent very quickly that we went from you know, there was an expectation for us to win games to an expectation for us to lose games very quickly, and a lot of the same feeling from that those Premier League years. Whereas this year, if we don't win the game, and as we've seen from the reaction, they say we've lost one in nine. Still, people sort of questioning certain things. So that expectation level is there all the time. Um, you know, to, to win games. So I'm definitely more nervous on match days now, thinking if if we don't win this game, it's going to be a lot of negativity um, so it, it, it's it's definitely I don't know if that's a good or bad thing you know because you know if we're, if we're expecting to win more games that, that must be a positive thing But yeah, there's nothing wrong with being you know having a bit of expectancy because it's just excitement isn't it yeah. I, mean, I can't wait already for the Peterborough game after it's you know, I'll be nervous. That's, I feel like it's the first big game we've had at the, at the stadium for ages, aside from the Newcastle games, probably the Chelsea Everton games. Would it be rather it was a Saturday game, three o'clock? No, I think that you know, the night game 
you know, the atmosphere of a night game and all that, I think it, it'll it, be... It, it can, it can polarise. It, it a night game can be dreadful yeah. or it can be really good. It depends how many I, turn up. I, I think it's because I think you have a little bit of a confirmation bias because when you look at like some historic games over the years that they have been on the night and the atmosphere has been brilliant because of being one-off special games. Mm. Whereas I think maybe Peter at home, I do agree, it's a really big game in the context of this season, but... I, I can't see it being like the same as it was a Saturday three o'clock, mainly because people are coming from work and don't have time to get sufficiently well oiled before they go to the game. I feel, I feel you might be right, Michael. Let's I don't know. I think we'll, we we'll look think, at that the time. I think from a PR perspective, the club have done really well and <clears throat> this season in motivating people to go to the games. Interestingly, I hope people make, hope people make an effort. For but that. what I'm saying, interestingly, before which game was it that we got thirty two thousand? Was it Ox- fleet? Oxford? Was, was it Oxford? It was the biggest with idea. So interestingly, there was a lot of, like Charlie was in the press and kind of getting in people's ears saying, "You know, get the game, get the game." Since that game, he hasn't really done it, and the attendance dropped for the following game. It dropped again for the game at the weekend. Um, so maybe there is merit in him cajoling people to go to the match. I don't think he can see it before every game. No, exactly. But it's interesting. But I think now, no, no, you mean, I, I think I, there's been that there's like been that period of silence from I them, think, yeah. and I think now is the time. Especially with the following we've got going, to, I know they're doing a bit of a campaign around turn Coventry red and white or whatever at the weekend. Five thousand people going down there, which is unbelievable that for a Sky game. Itself, that must be one. Um, but I think going into the the game on the on the, on the no, Tuesday I night, I yeah. think it's worth like really because I think that's a, it's a massive game. That one, I know we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves. We haven't even talked about the finished talking about the game on Saturday, but it's a massive game because. You know, it's a re- it's a six point at the top. You know, we need. I think they well, they've got twenty three points, Peterborough, and we've got nineteen. So, yeah, you know, hopefully we'll win the game on Saturday. You're hoping that they'll drop points at the weekend, and then from there, that game becomes. You know, if we beat them, we will go above them. If we lose, we will go mm. potentially five points behind them. So, such a massive game. But anyway, no, I, I know I, I've gone I, down. A, I've gone down an alleyway there, no, but know, I've yeah. been thinking no, about I, it. You I, know. I was actually thinking myself earlier on. I wonder if I do a little PR thing before that game to try and get people there. Uh, sticking to individual performances, uh, Lyndon Gooch, another two goals. Yeah, I mean, it was good to see a bit more end product. Yeah, which has been the criticism. Um, I don't know. You think me? Yeah, I'm doing too much talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely agree. Um, I think he took his penalty really well because the keeper gets the right way and he put, good it, put it right in the corner. Brilliant penalty. And um, to be honest, I don't think I've seen him take an unconvincing penalty last season or no, this you, season. You're comfortable Gooch. with him, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost, it's, you're not quite, you know, when Fabio Barini used to step up, he might have had other deficiencies, but with Barini had the penalty, yeah. you were almost celebrating before, like you'd even pick the ball up. Same with Craig Gardner, wasn't it? Yeah, but part of that night, though, from Trafford, when I was like, what? How did you miss that? Yeah, um, so it, it's nice to have that confidence and belief in the player, but no, I, I was pleased to see him because again he's been frustrating but again you've got to consider with Gooch how much first team football has he had I know he's a bit older than Madger etc but he hasn't had a huge amount of first team football and it's really encouraging to see that he, he I mean I understand the criticism of him not having a huge amount of end product but he still scored goals this season still created so goals as he still well. created goals so I just hope he continues and he can iron out the little deficiencies in this game which I'm sure he will particularly with Ross he seems to be very hands on in the training ground and he seems to enjoy the coaching side of it so hopefully he'll just continue to get better yeah, and, he, and he is and, he, and the good thing about him now I think what we liked about that goal cutting inside um, from the right and hitting with his left because he also likes going past people on the right as well yeah. and that that as a full back 
is just your worst nightmare because you think you want to be able to suss your winger out right he comes inside or right he goes outside so you like say show him to the line or show him inside and if you've got a player who can who can devastate going both ways either go by taking the ball past you outside or get a shot away inside that's it's a nightmare that won the penalty as well obviously you know for by going outside, yeah. yeah. So he's, but, he's went outside you know. and won the penalty, and he's went inside and scored the goal. I know we've already raved about Magic, but that was a fantastic little ball he played yeah, as well before did, the yeah. penalty. I mean, obviously the ball from Maguire was exceptional first, but Magic he waited for the exact amount right at the time before trying to slip Gucci in. The way the pass was fantastic as well. It's a really good move. Do we think we need a round of applause if we start speaking about Chris Maguire and his performance? No, he was brilliant, wasn't he? I mean, you have to obviously we criticise him on here. Um, I like the clarify. I've been the most pro Maguire on here. I haven't been. It's not a case of being anti Maguire. I just think like your noises sometimes with some of the stuff he does. Like, and that was, I think, the worst of him was encapsulated in that Oxford game. Um, You're gonna say you're gonna. But the best of him was encapsulated at the weekend. And the reason he's been playing League One for the last four years is because of probably that um, bad season last year. But this year, what he's got three goals, three goals is it? Um, And you know he's created. He's involved in the penalty, involved in the first goal of the weekend. Yeah, so he's he's created a few. Um, so yeah, fantastic. And you're gonna have that from somebody like that. That just seems like the character is. He likes to be involved. Again, going back to that very first game against Charlton, where he dictated a play not to the extreme he did on the weekend, but in that second half against Charlton, he did. When a player's like that and he needs to be involved and he wants to be involved it's almost a, a part of his personality where he, like, he wants to be loved and liked and I think yeah. again that's why one of the reasons it didn't work out from last season you will get the Oxford performance out of him sometimes that that's going to happen and you, you, you've just said it yourself there hit the nail on the, t- on the head if he didn't have that and you weren't going to get that he wouldn't be playing for us now in, in League One but you just enjoy, but now these, the great you just thing enjoy is, these performances when they come round. The you? great thing is, though, he does that an Oxford performance, 45 minutes he's off, and then McGeady comes on. Hmm. You know, and, then, and that's the difference. Is that Ma- making a difference to people like, because we've said before, Maguire and Gooch are possibly the two who might feel a little bit threatened by the return of, of McGeady. Mm. McGeady, Sinclair, Watmore to come back. Hmm. Um, I mean, Watmore, what, what, probably, what, what, where are you now? Probably about six weeks away, any really, realistically. Um, you know, it's pretty pretty exciting prospect to have Duncan Watmore back. More pace up front as well. Something where we are deficient, I think, in the squad is pace. Um, he's I another think, one. Watmore is equally happy going inside or outside yeah. of a full-back. And as Stephen said, that's just the worst nightmare for him. Hmm. I, think I, don't, it, I don't know if we... I, I feel like we haven't done Chris Maguire just as... I don't feel like we put a performance like that and we've, we've just kind of pushed it. over him. We need some kind of like trumpet, like sound effect when we mention Maguire like in this oh, episode. like a sound effect, like you know a round of applause or, or a wolf whistle. I, oh, <laughs> what's interesting about Maguire is his set pieces have been a bit iffy, there's corners and stuff, but his delivery in the game is brilliant. The, you know, he's a fantastic cross weekend. You saw the one he put in for Catamore for the goal at Wimbledon was a fantastic ball from the angle he was to get that the shape on it in the, in the pace and everything um, you know and that's why people probably think with Maguire well is it, is it worth taking a chance on a player like that like we did this year um, after his bad season last year um, but it, it's it was really good to see that performance from him um, and great to see the fact he was dropped then he came in last week scored a great goal won his place back and then put that performance in 
and that bodes that bodes well for the mentality of the squad. And 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 Jack Ross as well. For the, you know, probably as a manager, that's a perfect scenario. What's happened there? He's had a couple of off games. He's dropped him, come back in, made an impact, give him a start again, and then he was a man of the match. Yeah, he he just doesn't seem like he wants to miss out on this, does he? That's the thing. That 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 is a good thing. Um, McGeoch struggling to define himself a little bit in this side. Do we think he's? He, I don't, he just he's frustrated me so far. I mean, obviously, I'm not gonna like write him off yet or anything but it's just sometimes he, he frustrates me slightly when the ball comes to him and I, he, I think he slows attacks down because he gets the ball and he's looking around and then sometimes I don't mind people being like kind of like water carriers and playing like little five yard passes but it's the fact he needs two or three touches to make the five yard pass and by that time their defence is regrouped and options have been shut off if he was getting the ball and playing like first time little five yard passes ten yard passes to people and really carrying on the momentum of the move but he just seems to slow the game down an awful lot and although I like the fact he's always wanting the ball and he drops deep for it and gets it as I say I just think that he, he kills the momentum sometimes and hopefully the fitter he gets the better he's going to get at that It's not going to be a Liam Bridcut situation this No is. I don't think so I think he's when you look at him he, he does have good quality on him you can see that um, but maybe he's just a bit rusty Yeah, still, well, not, yeah, still not fully fit again um, being injured missed the start of the season and I think sort of the Resurrection of Lee Catamull um, is a kind of a also see the Liam Bridcut situation. You know, I think <laughs> that's, that's eclipsed, why yeah. I'm you know those comparisons. It has eclipsed. It has eclipsed. You know, everything. Everyone was thinking this McGeoch's going to come in and be the main man, and then you know Catamull comes back out of nowhere, and arguably probably the players who are playing the same position, even though the different kinds of players, but they're probably playing the same position in that three. Um, and he's been outstanding. So you know, again, he, him, you know, he he could have arguably been man of the match if if Maguire wasn't at the weekend. Keith Hill name checked, cut him all at the end of the game, didn't he? He's, he's probably saying, thinking, what's he doing playing? Well, he did. He did more or less said that. He said, you know, he, he Sunderland were the eighty percent, and then he said, um, at the end of the day, it's not it's not about always about physicality. It's about where you are mentally. And Lee Catamol's a player there who's a Premier League player playing in League One. I mean, Catamore, what I'm liking this season, we're seeing completely different strengths from him. I think we had a debate pre-season was... Can I just say, I'm not saying Lee Catamore's a Premier League player before somebody, <laughs> before somebody uh, you know, twists that round. Sorry, he is, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I was going to say, we're seeing different strengths from him. I think we had a debate in one of the pre-season podcasts is, if you take away Lee Catamore's tenacity and his physicality, like, do you lose really the essence of what makes Lee Catamore the player he is but I think we're seeing completely different strengths I think he's dictating play a lot like the tempo he's, his range of passing's been really evident in this league and as I say I just I think he's been, I think he's been really good and as I say it's, it's pleasing to see a different side of his game and he's adapting rather than just trying to do what he's always done all his career and he got power to come back I mean power should come in for McGill on Saturday you'd have thought um, and that's exciting I'm not sure away from home I'm no, sure. I think I think you play power every time if you can if he's fit he plays without a doubt. He, I think he lays him back into the side with a with an eye on playing oh, him for the next home game. I don't. I think you just get him in. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I, think I suppose he hasn't been injured, has he? No, he's no, he's suspended. not been injured. So. He's been suspended, yeah. and his, I think his personality is so big, you know, and his I think you know his stature. Yeah, he's not really tall, but you know he's he's a physical lad, and he's got so much experience. You know, for Wigan for the promotions and all that, I think he plays every week. He's already scored twice. 
you know, I think we've missed him massively when he's when you know the, the games he's been suspended. I think you need Max Power more away from home, arguably as well, because I think we are in a little bit of danger of being overrun like we were with Burton if we don't have the likes of Power in the middle, Hooten Beavers kind of physically like commanding presence. So as I say, I'd I'd be I'd put him straight back in the team on Saturday. Just no before question. we, that's you told Stephen. Just before we, no, I, I was asking the question. Um, just before we have a, have a quick break and talk about. And the Endong situation, maybe not so glamorous as far as the name goes and individual performances, but uh, a change people have been asking for, and that's Tom Flanagan yeah. playing in the position he played in. He was excellent, yeah, yeah. I thought. Mm-hmm. Didn't put a foot wrong. When you play in that sort of formation, the lopsided 3-5-2 as he calls it, where previously it was Oviedo was given the freedom of the left and now Denver Hume st- stepped up and, and had that as well. So it's kind of tucked in fullback, isn't it? And... Uh, it did seem logically would play well there before, and it's just proved it, hasn't he? Yeah, comfortable on the ball, reads the game well. He got forward as well. Um, you know, put himself about. It's difficult to handle. He's a little bit sharper than you'd probably expect for a tall lad. Um, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, a bit of a. It's difficult when someone comes in and. Like Maguire plays so well, and Gooch scores twice, Magic scores twice. You're not going to talk about the fullback. But in a way, it's it's a good that you're not talking about the fullback because it means that there was no real worries. I mean, the goal, by the way, it's just a foul, like on <laughs> like on a Baldwin, just runs straight, like just shoves it, like literally just shoves him over. And I don't know. I mean, there's some of the officiating. And by the way, as well, Ian Henderson, Frankie's favourite, <laughs> Ian Henderson, Ian Henderson, it absolutely smashed mm. um, Linda Gooch in the face um, and got away. Like the referee saw it and booked him. Yeah. So if you've seen it. Then it's a red card. Well, that's interesting though because he, when he files his report, he's got to see what he's booked for. So and there's not, I can't think of a, a cautionable offence that would fit that description. Anyway, we're careful, we're conscious we're not going to run over. So we'll we'll put this little break in now and we'll talk about the Didier and Dong situation for the last five minutes or so. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Okay, Sunderland. AFC has given notice under its contract with Didier and Dong. He had been spotted at Newcastle Airport, hadn't he? And uh, he was spotted by people at the academy today. He's obviously had that meeting and the club have decided um, to go down the same route. They went down with Papi Gilabodji. Uh I guess they had to, if you're going to set that precedent, because especially now, it's, it's almost... Well, I can't think of a club doing this previously, and the, the lawyers are obviously going to heavily be involved here. So they couldn't leave themselves open in any way 
to Jilabodji's lawyers, could they? They had to make this decision with Didi and Dong if they've made the decision with Papi Jilabodji. That's the way I look yeah, at it. Consistency across the board, and if you're going to, they're clearly building a case to, to well, sue them effectively, I guess. I mean, I'm sure the, the which agent, is more the agent, relevant want, in the yeah. in Dong case because I wonder if their agent will pay a percentage of it, like to take a percentage from the players, hmm. yeah. because that's what it's about. I mean, you can criticise the players and they're their own people, but they're being advised badly. Hmm. They're, they're making the decisions they have because they're being advised badly. I don't believe that Papi Jalabodji or Didi and Dong don't want to play football. I don't believe that, but the wrong people get in the ears hmm. and tell them. I, I think as Phil Smith from the Echo points out important line in the statement Sunderland AFC does so whilst retaining the right to pursue the player and any club he may subsequently join in relation to compensation for the value of the player does that mean we've got the registration we still retain his registration he can't yeah and and we need compensation if he signs for somebody that implies so doesn't it I hate the football's gone this way now like financially because I just don't know I don't have a clue off the time. This is definitely a Weatherspoon podcast, isn't this? <laughs> yeah. I think it, Chris on Thursday. It's just a sad. It's a sad situation, you know. It's, it's especially for Ndong. I think yeah, I do have a little bit more sympathy with him because, like you say, his agents badly advised him. I know he's his own person, but his agent probably turned around and said, "Yeah, but I got you a move to England for thirteen million pound and more money than you would ever dream of having in your life." And so Ndong's probably going to think, "Well, he's made that good decision for me financially, and at the time it looked as though for his football and." Perspective, so we probably had a little bit of trust in him, but I just think he's been incredibly naive still, and, the, and he shouldn't really be excused. You do, either. you do think owners of other football clubs are going to be keeping an eye on this one because it's almost like we're trailblazers in this idea, mm. isn't it? It's a reverse Bosman, isn't it? Really? Mm. Yeah, it, yeah, it is a bit of a Bosman, you know. It was called the the Gillibody. Would it be great if Sunderland <laughs> were known for doing something like this correctly, making a correct <laughs> financial decision? Yeah, it it's it, it just I think it's just. It's a sad situation all around that everyone's having to handle this. And the compensation thing is important, isn't it? Because if we were just writing all I think the income and well. fees off this, because let, let, let's get it right. When the owners did come in and, and they said what we wanted to hear and they said, um, no, we because Sunderland have gone down this route in the past, cut the losses to get somebody off the wage bill, but Sunderland paid £20 million plus for those two players, or you know whether all that or some of that's still or not. £20 million quid was what the two players cost and suddenly now, yes, they're off the wage bill, but we don't have any transfer fees for them. After coming out and saying, no, those players are worth something and they're not leaving until we get the value, the correct valuation. That's why the compensation thing is important and people are going to be people are going to be keeping an eye on that and hoping that works out. I think which would go in our favour as well in this case is that we accepted reasonable fees for Didier and Dong and on two occasions, one as agent and one and Dong himself, the transfers didn't go through for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So as I say, that's got to stand in our favour. And then also, if you're going to say, well, I was under contract in Sunderland and I was earning this much money and they didn't offer as much, so I'm within my rights to refuse that and stay in my contract in Sunderland, you can't then break that contract by exactly. not returning to work. I mean, that's why he's essentially gone, you know, I'm not going to go back to Sunderland um, because I don't want to play there anymore. I don't know what the situation is with the, the money that if he was being paid, not being paid. Obviously... Gillibodji's uh, agreed period of leave was exceeded by the player without permission. I don't know what the arrangement was within Dong. I mean, Dong doesn't help himself by posting a picture of himself on holiday or wherever. No, um, that's evidence, isn't it? It all, but, uh, it, it, it all goes it's, into it's the It's just evidence. ridiculous. I mean, you know, he's 
an international in, in his in his country, Gabon, and you know plays in the team team with Aubameyang, and you know he, he he was highly rated when he came. We obviously paid too much for him, um, but you, you just think what a waste. He's only a lad, a young lad. Like he's only twenty three. You know, and there's there's he was more harshly judged, I think, than than some of the young players that came to our academy, um, who were a similar age. Um, and he was a better player than them. He's chucked it he's you know, he's chucked it in. He's he's sent, he could possibly have ruined his his career, um at twenty three because he because of agents. It's got it's got of agents. Like, uh, I'm not saying all agents are bad by the way. It's not really a discussion for now, but the, the, those agents haven't got the best interest of those players and we've seen that. You look at look at Gillibodge before he signed for Sunderland. What what's his agent doing there? He's had one appearance for Chelsea. He's moved to us for eight million pounds apparently. It, it's it's something's wrong there. That it's that's not right. You look at the situation with Pogba. You know his agents coming out and like stim- trying to stimulate interest in him. It's like well, you know how you're gonna what do you've just got a big juicy payment off Manchester United for. For doing that Pogba move now, eighteen months, two years later, you're trying to shift them on again to get yourself another payment. I mean, it's it's not right. Like the whole thing's not right, and the players have been sacrificed. And yeah, they've got great lives and earn a lot of money and all that. But the bottom line is, the footballers and they wanted to probably wanted to be footballers since they were, you know, five or six years old. So, and they've had the privilege of getting to the stage where they can play professional football and have experiences that you know. Didn't, Many people won't ever get the experience, so I just think that's quite sad. Like, and it's all been, it's all, it's all about the money, and it's, you know, it's just mm. a real shame. I think overall, and it's a shame that you know we've been dragged into the situation. Mm. It's interesting as well that we're doing well and we've got some good centre midfielders at the club now, isn't it? So it's not, it's almost not even a debate about when he implied he wanted to come back for a cut wage and play for two, which was, which was, was ludicrous. I can't know any sane person. Who supports Sunderland? Who would even begin to to, to welcome that decision anyway? But we're not going to let him put a dampener on our uplifted spirits. Sunderland win a game four one. Frankie and the lads will be back on Thursday to look at, ahead to that Coventry game, which is a lunchtime kickoff. Five thousand fans down there. That's what sporting football is all about, isn't it? It is, and you know, hopefully that'll be another good result and. Then looking ahead to that game on the Tuesday, I mean, I think it's quite good maybe that we've got that game at Coventry on the Saturday with all those people going, and then so soon after the biggest game of the season at home. Yeah, just we need a positive result. Just that bandwagon, get that bandwagon going in it. Indeed, get on that bandwagon. Get on the bandwagon. Get yourself to the game on Tuesday. And listen to the Dennis Smith part two interview. And buy one of the twenty tickets that'll be available on the Thursday. <laughs> I don't think they worry Ross. about that. That won't they won't be there long. Yeah. Um there's a good age, age and story by Smith actually in that part too. Uh, there is, yeah. He wanted to sign John Byrne. John Byrne, yeah. The first right. time round, not the time he actually did sign him. Yeah. Get Sound it downloaded. Like, yeah, yeah. Have a listen. Remember when Darren Byfield's agent managed to end engineer him a move to Gillingham mm. <laughs> instead of signing for Sunderland. Mm. It would be great if it was like a, a book just come out of loads of different bad agent stories, wouldn't it? A compilation of bad agents. It's a secret, is it not a secret agent book, probably? No, probably, but I, I want proper, you know, names, exposure. I want names. I want names <laughs> and exposure. Addresses. Let's write this idea now down. All right, okay. Right, thanks for listening.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.